Hey y'all, welcome to Voices of the Body, the podcast. My name is Love Ashley Elaine and I will be your guide as we journey through listening to our body. What what do we need to let go of? What is our body telling us? Um, This episode is a powerful one. Um, We are tapping into a really good friend of mine, Danielle Burgess, her domestic violence story survivor is not enough to call her she is a victor she is victorious in how she has moved through what has happened to her um seven years ago the mother that she is she's she's amazing she's amazing um and just how she is working through her healing journey now and looking looking to see what is next right really really looking to see what is next for her so Prepare your mind, your body, and your soul as we tap into this episode. and we are back um so i want to invite you to bring your gaze down your nose or gently close your eyes find that position that your body is needing in this moment maybe it's sitting down in a chair maybe it's sitting on the floor maybe it's laying down And I invite you to take a big breath in, filling up the belly, bringing the breath all the way up towards the top of your chest, to where your your throat and your chest meet. Keeping the shoulders squared, bringing the shoulder blades down the back, keeping the heart open, and release audibly sighing. And just give yourself some gentle neck rolls, bringing your left ear to your left shoulder, then dropping the chin towards the chest, rolling the right ear to the right shoulder. And just moving back and forth through that movement. Taking your time, feeling every inhale And every exhale, keeping the shoulders open, keeping the heart space open. And the next time your chin is down towards your chest, bring your head back up. Bring your hands to your heart space, palms onto your chest. And just affirm yourself. I am confident. I am worthy I deserve healthy and happy love I deserve the joy and the love that I pour out to others 
I deserve love that is safe and secure. And while you're here, take another big breath in. Sounds drive. And release. And two more, one more big breath in. Sounds drive. And release. And last one, big breath in. And release. And you have permission to stay here in this space and gently open your eyes when you are ready. And we will be right back with our interview with Miss Danielle Burgess. Sounds drive. One of my favorite things to have at home with me when I need to just unwind and relax my mind and my body or when I'm in those really deep healing spaces and just need something to bring me back to center are candles. Vintage Essence is a black woman-owned company that specializes in candles, wax melts, and car diffusers. I also love my car to smell good. VE's goal is to provide you with items that make you feel comfortable and relaxed and that make your home your jam. Who doesn't want their home to be comfortable? Who doesn't want their home to feel safe and smell good and to feel cozy? Go to VintageEssenceCo.com and use the exclusive code that was created for our listeners, Voices15, to get 15% off your order and become a candle cousin today. Listen, y'all, my favorite candle is Hookah Lounge and Rest Your Cakes. I was able to get some samples of Rest Your Cakes Hookah Lounge was in a sample box that I got that she that Vintage Essence did during Valentine's Day. I brought myself a cute little Valentine's Day candle set and brought myself some flowers. Ladies, don't ever think you can't buy candles for yourself on special holidays also. Hmm. Beautiful scent. Long lasting. Just like filled the room so quickly but so softly at the same time. These candles were definitely made with love. Definitely with prayer hands. Knew it like it's like the the candle knew exactly what I needed when I needed it. So don't forget to use code voices15 at vintageessenceco.com. And welcome back to Voices of the Body. So, as I mentioned, this month is um, Miscarriage, Pregnancy Loss, and Infant Loss Awareness Month, as well as Domestic Violence Awareness. Um, And the part one, as you guys already heard, is me just sharing my experience uh, with domestic violence. Two relationships I didn't even know I was in that were domestic violent relationships. Um, They were very abusive. This one that I just, that I'm walking out of is the one that taught me that I've been in multiple. Um, 
But I have a very, 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 very special woman, Miss um, Danielle Burgess. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, do you want to tell them how we met, or do you want me to tell them? You can tell them how we met. <laughs> so <That's> about. <laughs> So about seven years ago, um, I was working for a social work agency. I don't call out social. I don't call out agencies unless they're paying me, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. And and um, I, uh, one of my coworkers and I were sent to respond to a family's home, which was Danielle's, and. Um, she has three beautiful children, like little little chocolate drop babies. They are they are beautiful. Um, we met them, and I met Danielle. And I'm gonna say this now: when I met Danielle, she was relearning how to walk. Um, yeah. she was in a very different place. So I am very grateful that we've just stayed in each other's orbit um for this long whether it's you know touch and go hot and cold see you at church um yeah. whatever it is uh because to see her now seven years later walk from the kitchen to her bedroom in 2.5 seconds when seven years ago it may have taken a little longer and we were trying to help her move around um that's nobody yeah. but god nobody but god um, oh yes, I want you to 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 describe yourself. Give us give us your own little bio. Okay, and I just want to piggyback off of when we met. I was just I just started learning how to walk again, and I think I was like a hundred pounds lighter <laughs> back then. <laughs> physically I was different you know um when we first met um I forgot the reason why I think I just came home from a rehabilitation center mm -hmm. and you know, as a I guess the process is they send certain people out to the, your house like you know at that time you came I had a nurse here I had physical a physical therapist here, and I had a um. What is the other therapist called? I forgot. It was uh, the occupational. Yes, occupational yeah. therapist. I had so I had everyone coming in at that time. Yeah, and we came for the um, kids. Yes. Yeah. Yes, to yeah. check on the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who am I? <laughs> My name is Danielle. Um, most importantly, I am a mother of three. I am a God-fearing woman. Um, I am a loving person. Deeper than that, um, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I am, I would like to say, the light of my family. Mm -hmm. um, someone tell me, you the person that keeps everyone together. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I can see that. Um, I believe that. Yes. <laughs> um, 
when you say describe, I think those are some of the most important pieces of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, and I, and I wanted you to describe yourself or reaffirm yourself, right? Because, um, what, what domestic violence can do to your confidence and make you question about yourself, right? Is, is, is intense. So I, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> you are, you are light. You are love. You are an amazing mother. You are a powerful woman. You are a strong woman. Um, and I can't tell you enough that I'm, I'm grateful that we are in each other's orbit, that we, we continue to just cross paths and now we're, we're on this path together. So, um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, so tell us about your story. So again, seven years ago is when we met, but it was a year before we actually met that everything took place. Okay. So I'll start off my younger days. Um, I actually, after graduating high school, I didn't go away. I was dating at the time, and I was in love. So I stayed, and I went to a local college. I worked, everything. Um, at that time, children wasn't on my agenda. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it. It wasn't a, a goal of mine to be a mother. Yeah, But I wound up getting pregnant at 19 and it changed my life forever because you know I eventually got married to my ex and we had three kids together after that Mm -hmm. we was together for over 10 years and we were married for um so dates are not going to be really good with me today. It's fine. It's something that probably <laughs> should have researched. They like jot down like when I got a divorce and when I actually got a divorce and everything. Yeah. But I was married, I want to say for 10 years and we were probably together for 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, you know, everything was beautiful it was beautiful yeah we had three beautiful kids i worked he worked we were like happy yeah um fast forward you know like i told you i was very young entering this relationship and i came from a household where i was very restricted from a lot um it was I grew up a Jehovah Witness so mm-hmm. let me say that yeah I grew up a Jehovah Witness so um my mom was very much strict on me and um I couldn't do a lot mm-hmm. so once I left my mother household and got into this relationship and then you know early on I became pregnant and had a baby but at that time, I was still trying to figure out who I am. Yeah. 
Yeah. I did have a supportive mate at that time. Mm-hmm. He know, he knew where I came from. So he like, oh no, I want you to spread your wings, live your life. You have a baby young. I know what type of household you came from. I want you to enjoy it to the fullest. So he was at that time very supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like we both were young and we both grew together. Mm-hmm. We eventually grew apart um, after infidelity mm-hmm. started happening. And you know, um, It was more his behalf. And it's like, I guess back then, I thought I had the perfect life. Yeah. So when I found out it wasn't perfect, I didn't know how to handle it. Mm. Going back to like we were talking before, like that plan that you kind of saw for what your family looked like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had that, you know, the family that you could say everybody wanted it. You know, I still had my, I was married. We had a nice house. We traveled a lot. Our kids was beautiful. Every time we stepped out together, everyone admired us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That beautiful black power couple. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always said we was the hood huxtables. Like. Right. (laughs) I love it. No, but yeah, like, and you think about, you think about how people look at relationships on social media, right? It's like, everything looks so perfect. Everything looks so good, but it's like, you don't really know like what's happening in the background. And sometimes like you don't even know what's happening in the background of your own (laughs) relationship. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that was, what killed it for me mm. more of a and um looking back at it is sometimes I question my actions like could you have worked through it mm. or where you've been but you know it happened yeah um and for me I felt like um I'm a beautiful young lady beautiful Yes, you are. And if I can go out here and be among a thousand, a million guys and not cheat, not look at not one of them, I expect the same for you. I don't care about the man versus woman. Yeah. You know, like, oh, man is going to be a man. I don't care about that. I hate that saying. Yes. I expect what I get. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can play, I can play. So we gonna play. Like- Listen. <laughs> Let me know what game we play. Monopoly, Monopoly, checkers, chess. <laughs> Let's fast forward. You know, yeah. infidelity had came up in it, in our relationship, and you know, I did forgive the first time. Um, and it was always forgiven. Like, oh he'll buy me something I'd be like okay I forgive or take me somewhere I'd be like oh okay I forgive he'll give me something like it had to be something tangible yeah like Mm. in order for me to come back 
But then when I noticed, he felt like he can do it and just wave anything over my head, like, get over it, take this, you're fine. You're not going to die, type of stuff. Like, right, right. Like, and that's when I decided to, like, all right, this is not healthy. I'd have put my foot down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it started getting closer and closer to home, turn around, girl, I'm talking about girls left and right where, like, you could never ever tell me he was you know but once it came out it all filled out yeah yeah because that's something i pray for mm-hmm. i pray that god just bring whatever that was done in the dark come to light Whew. so i pray for that so many nights and fast forward like i said fast forward it's a lot of stuff that i think about now yeah. that maybe if i would have did it instead of praying for the stuff to come to light i should have prayed for it to stop i don't know if you ever watched this movie called the prayer room yes girl that <laughs> really opened like i was like wow i never thought about mm-hmm. some of my situations like it was more of a like we were young now yeah like haha caught you like it was me trying to catch instead of like stop it and let's prevent this from happening again yeah 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 so fast forward all of that happened Mm -hmm. we still gave it a try um at that time i had two daughters that were um my oldest and my youngest they're two years apart and I didn't have any, I was done. But we felt like my son will fix and bring what was broken back together. Mm. So my son, my baby boy, and my youngest daughter is seven years apart. So we felt like this will help our relationship, which it did for a little while, but... Honestly, what they say, uh, a person can't hide who they are for a very short time. It's going to come back. Yeah. And then after everything, infidelity still came back up. Mm. And I was just done at that point. Like, it's like I did everything. And obviously, I'm not what you want. Yeah. When did the the physical abuse start happening? Before the the main, I hate to call it the main event, but before the the big shebang that got us to that got you to where we ended up meeting. When did when did all the physical stuff start happening? Because even even like looking at you know, like you said, he would he would cheat and then you know you would find out or whatever it was and he'd be like oh well here's here's a diamond bracelet here let's go out to this restaurant you know even that is like oh maybe i can manipulate the situation for as long as i can before she actually catches on and you you're not a you're not a dumb woman (laughs) you know what i'm saying so it's like eventually you caught on and so how did like how did that 
shift into like when did the the physical abuse start happening because that's that's mental abuse you know what i'm saying that's that's Um, mentally abusing you yes i'm definitely not a dumb woman but i'm a trusting woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so trusting Mm -hmm. to like i look at people like my brother always tell me he always be like danny you look at the glass halfway full yeah and I, he looks at it halfway empty. So he said, I always see the good in people. Because my thing is, I'm not walking around lying. Why would people just want to lie to me? Like, like, yeah. like it's like, I see the good in people. Yeah. And even if it is some bad, like, well, you know, the good outweighs the bad. So I'm not dumb, but I was trusting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, if you love a person, you're gonna trust them, and keep and that's what the, have, mm-hmm. having patience and trusting or faith and or hope. Yes, you know things will change. Yeah, so, yeah. And this is where I never identified myself as a domestic violence victim because you know when you think of it, you think of somebody that's constantly getting there behind me or constantly somebody just smacking them doing you know mm-hmm. so if we lose things I never identified myself as a victim even years like and stuff that I think about that happened like wow and you still stayed after that but because it happened and didn't happen for another two or three years yeah I didn't consider myself a victim. So it was because of, wow, that's interesting. I never, I never thought of that, right? Because people put a definition on what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like you said, it's like, is it, is it happening every day? Did you bleed? Did you, did this break? Did you end up in the hospital? And it's like, well, whether it's, I get slapped around once every two years or I get slapped around every single day. Like it's domestic, like, and it's violent. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still, it's still happening. Right. It's almost like when people compare their stories to each other, right. It's like, Oh, well you, like you went through it worse than I did. But it's like, but I still, it's still a loss. Right. It's, it's still violent. It's still like, it still happened by somebody that we trusted or that we loved or was in relationship <laughs> with or had kids, like whatever that, that's interesting. I never thought of, um, I never thought of like that, per- that the way people might perceive that, right? Wow, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you said it like every, it was like sporadic, right? Yeah, it wasn't uh he waking up mad and just smacked me. Right. It wasn't anything like that. So that's why but it's events that I can think of. And seven years later, it's still stuff that comes back to me. Absolutely. That I forgot about or my mind totally blacked out. And it's not only with um domestic violence is with a lot of stuff that after this happened to me mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of stuff was blacked out of my mind like you know I 
memory loss of something until it's in my face yeah. or a smell or I could be watching something mm. on TV or I could be passing or somebody say, Tanya, you don't remember this? And I'm like, and I have to like hold my, like really think hard. And sometimes it may not come back. But yeah. when it comes back, it's like, wow. Yeah. I yeah. forgot all about that. Yeah. Your body has, has is protecting you from yes. remembering or, you know, but that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when it escalated really bad was when I left, when I decided I couldn't take anymore mm-hmm. and I left. How many years in were y'all married by the time you said, I can't take this anymore and was, was leaving or left? Mm, I want to say eight. Okay. Eight, because MJ was already born. Mm-hmm. He was one. Mm-hmm. He was one years old. Okay. Yes. Yeah. When I actually like, he left the house at first because he's like, I don't want to make the kids uncomfortable. Let's not, you know, change their lives because we're changing. You can stay here and I'll leave, mm-hmm. which was cool at first. Yeah. Until, you know, after a week, he couldn't come back. Or two weeks, he couldn't go back. Then he saw like I was serious and I had my foot down. Mm, the boundaries. What got, like, what was the final straw or what What came over you that said, you know what, you it's, it's time for you to leave. Like, I can't take this anymore. What was like the last the last straw and what allowed you internally to just be like, I can't take this anymore. Okay, so I told you it started escalating when I actually wanted to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say escalate, it was like, you know, he would break into the house late at night. Mm-hmm. I would wake up and he's in the room um, putting tracking devices on my car, destroying my whole closet. Mm-hmm. Uh he put sugar in my gas tank. And this is um, after he had already left the house. Yes, this wow. is yes, this is all after. But these were things he were doing so I can meet him and come back to him. So the sugar in my gas tank was I have a car. Yeah. I was taking the kids to school and I was going to work. I was able to, he wanted me to need him. Mm. He wanted me to because that was one of the proposals. Yeah. When the last time he cheated, oh, I'll just buy you a new car. And I'm like, no, I'm fine with my car. Mm-hmm. I don't need it. I'm good. Like, you know, it was always, and he wanted to strip me from these things so I can need him. Yeah. But when I was able to do it without him, he didn't know what to do. Mm. Wow. So, like I was saying, the day that I said, you know what? We, I've been pushed. 
there's no more trying, there's no more, because, you know, I tried the fake divorce papers, you know, you can go online and print them, put them on account, like, just to scare them and do low tech, it, it was like the day that I actually said, I'm filing for divorce, I went up to the courthouse, I think I even texted his sister, like, it hurt me more than it probably hurt to even just think of, yeah, going through with this mm -hmm. but I knew at this point this man did not respect me he did not value me he did not look at me as an equal or somebody that was I'm not going to say worth anything because I think it wasn't the matter that I think he looked at me as I'm his and only his and if I didn't do, say, or like move the way he wanted me to, mm -hmm. it was a big issue. Mm -hmm. So I think I was already, so I moved into another place, mm -hmm. my own, because I had to leave the house because I felt like as long as I was there, he always felt entitled just to come. Oh, I pay these bills here. This is my house. Also, I can't afford to live out. I have two places that was this whole thing as long as I stayed at that house he felt like he was entitled to come and go right and even though I got the locks changed and everything like that you know he was finding ways in my house hmm. while the kids were home hmm. while the kids were home oh while the kids were home while we were home, he was finding ways like I told you yeah and I'm like oh it was nice that I would take all my furniture and push it to the door mm. after I changed the locks wow. and he was still getting Wow. So you mentally, you know, yeah, I'm bugging like, how the, how the hell is he even getting in this house? Mm. So I left the house all together. I moved into another house. And at this time I told him, I won't take you for child support. I won't take you for alimony just pay half of the rent and we good and whatever the kids school activities were we can split that because I have my own money at this time yeah um I'm not gonna say I was rich I'm I was very prideful though mm. like it was one time I remember I was charging groceries on my credit cards just not to go and ask them for money for groceries because I felt like he's the type if I'm giving if I'm buying groceries even though his kids there he feel entitled to a plate like yeah. I bought these groceries he'll walk in open my refrigerator and that was like oh you better not do that right right and that was like one of a big part of he didn't know what separated was there were no, he didn't understand. That, that boundary. Yeah. Yeah. That you needed, even if you were like, let me just have a week to myself to figure this out. He couldn't understand. Okay. Let me let her just do her. And I just sit here and really think about my actions and how I want to save my marriage. It was like, no, like, uh, you, I need you to need me. I need you to, you know, like it was, he couldn't understand boundaries. He couldn't understand that that you're still an individual and still need space. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember we had a discussion. No, I'm in a new house and I think I left my car. So I told you he put sugar in my gas tank. Mm-hmm. I was literally renting cars mm. every, like for a month, spending 1500 on rentals. And he didn't know how I was doing everything. How are you paying for that and you still paying your, and you still like, it was like, oh, you moved on. Some man has to be taking care of you. It was like questioning, like, how are you still going on about your life? And I stripped you from this. I stripped you from that. I even took, I had one pair of shorts the whole summer of 2000 and was it 15 or 14? Mm-hmm. I said, I had one pair of shorts. Destroyed and taking, my whole college. And taking care but of I three kids. Outside right. Yeah. yeah. I still didn't let that get me down. So I told him, like, you know, I think we got into an argument and I tell him, I start listing everything. I said, um, you destroyed my closet. He gonna say, that's just material things. I'll buy you more stuff. I said, you put sugar in my gas tank. Oh, your car wasn't shit before that anyway, but I offered you to buy you a new one. I said, you tried to kill me. You choked me in the middle. You broke in my house and choked me. And he was like, but did you die? And that was the day I went and filed for divorce. After Mm -hmm. I had that conversation with him, I filed for divorce. Fast forward, you know, it's in this process of filing for divorce, if I could ever do something to change it, I would because it... It's not as easy as just going filling out papers. It's not. I didn't even keep the papers in my house because I didn't want him to see it. Mm-hmm. He went through my car, I think it, one night. My car outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Rambling throughout my whole car and found the divorce papers. And you didn't even know he was like out or there doing that. that. Mm. No, nothing. Mm. And he came into my house and was like knocking on the door. And I'm like, what's going on? So came to my house. I remember that night. And he's like, you really leaving me? You really divorcing me? He ripped up all the papers. I caught my brother. I'm like, get out of here. The kids, the kids. Like, he just was like, I'm not letting you leave me. He was saying so much stuff that night that I was petrified. Mm. And I'm like, the kids are in here, Mark. Like, you know, you're going to wake up the kids because it was like maybe like 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And I'm like, just go, leave. And I caught my brother. And I was like, he won't leave. Or I told him he just came here acting all crazy. My brother was like, do you still have your... uh?" Like, I used to walk around with a stun gun and everything because it was just a mess. Yeah. The next morning, I woke up. He he finally left. I was so drained, I didn't even clean nothing up. So, his papers ripped up all in my living room, everything. I wake up, he comes, 
to get the kids, which was regular. He always took the kids Mm -hmm. to school in the morning. Like he'll take the girls, I'll take MJ, or he'll take MJ and I'll take the girls, whatever. Um, So seeing him in the morning wasn't nothing, nothing at all. It's like, okay. Right. Even after the constant back and forth and him coming to the house without permission. It was still, he kept that still, regular. keep him away from his kids. Right, no right. what we went through, I would never say you can't see your kids. Absolutely. Or keep the kids as a pawn or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. When it came down to his relationship and his kids, I didn't have no boundaries with that, except for like, you know, some days I said you couldn't come into my house. It was some days I'd be like, you know, it was no spending in the night. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Um. So the next day he came, and he came in and asked. He said to the kids, "Your pop, 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 go say hi to papa." So like all of it, he said, "Take your brother." So he was like. He asked me what I reconsidered a divorce. And I'm like, no. So now he pees him back and forth. He was like, why do you want to break up our family? I love you. I love you. And he pulled out the gun. And now he pointed and I'm like screaming. I'm like, okay. I'm going to reconsider the divorce. We could work it out. I'm just trying to tell him whatever it is at this moment that he wants to hear. Yeah. I got my hands up. And I'm telling him, we could work it out. We could work it out. And he was like, you lying. You lying. You're going to leave me. And he just started shooting. Mm. Like, the first shot, it's kind of still blurry to me. But I remember him shooting, and I went down. And I couldn't believe he shot me. And then he just kept on shooting, shooting. Mm. Then I... At one time, I remember trying to play dead so he'll stop shooting me. My heart hurt right now just like talking about it. But Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a big inhale and let it out. I tried to play dead, close my eyes, stop breathing, sat there. And he still continued to shoot. And I couldn't even fake it. Like, I'm screaming again. And then I just remember him leaving, running. I really don't remember anything after that. Um, I know he went towards the back at a house remember the cops coming 
and they're talking to me. They asking who did this, who did this. And I told them my husband. And they said, why? I said, because I filed for divorce. They said, what's your husband's name? I need you to say it on the racket. And I told them his name, his full name. Mm -hmm. But they're holding my hand. They're telling me, like, talk, breathe, breathe. They're trying to get me to breathe. I told them, please don't let me die. I got three kids. That's I just remember saying, please don't let me die. I have three kids. I need my kids. My kids need me. My phone started ringing. And they said, somebody calling you. Name Mel. Who was that? I said, that's my sister. They're like, all right, pick up. They picked up the phone and they put it to it. They was like, hello? Here, talk to her. And they're talking to me. They had, had me talking to her. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling her. And I think she thought I was joking. Because mm -hmm. she's like, no, are you? Like, I don't. It's come. It's like vaguely, like you know. I remember me talking. They telling her to keep talking to me to keep me up because they didn't want me to close my eyes. They kept on telling me stay up, stay up, stay up, and I was like, I can't. And I remember. I don't remember leaving the house. Mm. I don't remember getting an ambulance or anything. Um. But the doctor, one of the doctors that worked on me, he said, I said, please don't let me die. And this is at the hospital. I don't remember any of this. Mm -hmm. He said at the hospital, I said, please don't let me die. I have three kids, three babies. Yeah. And he said they worked on me and worked on me. And let me tell you how God worked. One of the guys, doctors that were, that saved my life, he was off. He wasn't even supposed to be in the ER. He was walking through, going to his car, and he heard all the commotion and everything. And they said, young lady, gunshot victim. And they asked him to come look at me. Mm. He wasn't even supposed to be there. And he was the one that saved my life. He told me, you know how many, he said, you died twice on that table. Mm. He said, and one time you stopped breathing for over, we couldn't get you back for over two minutes. So we was worried about you up here over anything else physically. He said, you was dead for over two minutes. We couldn't get you back. And then we got you back. Yeah. So it was August 2015, the day after my ex-husband got the divorce papers. He came to my house and shot me eight, nine times from the chest down. While your kids are outside the house? Yeah, he sent them outside in the front gate told them go talk to the grandfather did they hear anything going on like do they ever yeah yeah what was and, their uh, reaction so Maya I didn't want to say their names but my youngest daughter 
you know, she tried to come in and help me. That's the firecracker. She's yeah, your, she she's your went, little protector. She was banging on the door like, no. Mm-hmm. Mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the baby was too young to, he was almost two. Mm-hmm. No, he would have been two that, that month. Mm-hmm. So this happened right before his second August 2015, right before his second birthday. Wow. Right after my 30th birthday. Mm. And before his second birthday. Wow. Yes. So I was in a coma for two weeks. I um had thirteen surgeries. Mm. To save my life, um, I had a cast on my leg. Uh, they had to sew my thumb back on for me trying to protect myself from the bullet. Mm-hmm. It shot off my um, thumb, um, which is a miracle that I even can use my hand. Y'all thought because- I was playing when I said... Seven years ago, when I first met this woman, it was it I, walking with a cane, like it, like you can see the physical pain, the physical pain, the emotional pain, and the 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 combination of her just trying to make sure her kids are good. So to see her now. And to see her smile and to even hear her like yell at her kids, like just to see her in this element is whew. I got chills. Even though I I, I know the story, I got chills all over again. And I am trying like to keep it together right now because this is a part of my life that I don't tap into often. Uh, we had this discussion earlier before we start recording. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of my life that I don't talk about a lot. Yeah. So when I do, the hurt seven years later is still there. It still felt like yesterday to me. Yeah. And that's but valid. I know how blessed I am to be here. Yeah. I know this is nothing but Jehovah keeping his hands, his arms wrapped around me. Mm. This is nothing but having supportive family, supportive friends. This is nothing but having three beautiful kids that I know I can't let down because I brought them into this earth. I can't fail them. I can't leave them abandoned. I know so many women are not here to tell their story. Yeah. I know so many men that was taken out with one bullet, yeah. let alone nine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for a reason. Now, I'm still trying to figure out. I know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. 
and we have this discussion all the time um, about I feel like I want to do more, but I also feel like I need to be healed to help other people. And seven years later, I'm not healed because talking about this, I hope I could sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a phone call away. If you need me to come, yes, come by, yes, you let yes. me know. And I, 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 I appreciate your your truth and your vulnerability, and you know, you you being honest and real to even say like, yes, this happened seven years ago, and I feel like I should be over it. I feel like I should be in a different space says who you know what i'm saying like says who because remember now as a mother right we take on our children's pain you taking on yours right and then three other people and then their three different experiences of what has happened Right. As we said, the middle, the baby, that's the firecracker. She like, she's your protector. She was, she wanted to come in and, and stop you or stop, stop what was happening. If she could have, if she could have, she would have, she would have jumped in front. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and, and, and as a mother, even to think about that part, right. It's like, my kids are outside. And they're hearing their father shoot me. Mm-hmm. And so, no, you, like you don't get over it. I don't know who wrote the handbook saying that you get over trauma in 24 hours or 48 hours or three years. Um, I think you just, you, you, you make it, it, like it becomes easier to bear. Right. Like, like when God said, when they say God doesn't give you more than, than you can bear, sometimes it gets a little heavy. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, like you're, you're not carrying just the weight of what happened to you. You're also carrying three beautiful children's experience also. And they're all very different because they each had a different relationship with you and with their father and then all all have different perspectives of that that event that that major event of what happened so you have my permission to give yourself grace i don't know if anybody has 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 said that to you or allowed you that space but you have my permission sister to give yourself some grace because I don't expect you to 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 save face tonight. Like if if anything comes up, please call me. Please call me. Please call me. If you need to cry, please call me. But I don't I like I give you permission to give yourself some grace. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, those are things that you know as a mother, you know, and I also said, I don't know if I'm doing more harm than good to my kids because I'm hiding all my emotions, you know, I'm internalizing mm-hmm. everything and I'm not showing it to them. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I question, am I doing more harm 
than good. But we're gonna it me the hardest part of going through that was being away from my kids. Mm. I told you I was in a coma for two weeks. Yeah. I was in the hospital for a month. Then they sent me to rehabilitation center. And I was in there for another month, which I actually checked myself out early. Mm. I checked myself out on my brother's birthday. Mm. <laughs> it's September 29th. And I said, I want to be home for his birthday. Yeah. But I came home. I was in a wheelchair. I had a... a um. Uh, cast on my arm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even walking at that time. I was still in a wheelchair. Yeah. So I could do the um. I don't know was I doing. Yeah, I could do the walker, but because I had a cast, it had to be like a one hand walker with a cat like a. But it was at a time where I was at therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see my kids for over a month and some change. I kept on telling my mom, I want to see my babies. I want to see. They had my my family's beautiful. They put like big pictures up of the kids, me, everybody. I I never spent the night alone. Let me tell you that. So many. When I tell you I'm loved, I'm loved. I never spent a night alone at that hospital. since. Well, to my understanding, when my eyes was closed and when it was open, Mm -hmm. I always had people. But Ashley, one day I said, nobody. I don't want to see. Until y'all bring my kids, nobody could come in my room. Bring me my babies. Falling, crying. I need, mm. and my mom kept on saying, "I don't think it's good for them to see you like this yet. I don't think it's good for them to see you like that." And I was like, "I don't want nobody here." Yeah, like yeah. I was broken without mm. them. Mm. Wow. But I remember them coming to the hospital. Oh my goodness, I, I was so. I don't think I cried in front. I honestly don't think, and this is a part of when you say if you need to cry, I don't think I cried in front of my kids. Even I know when I came home, I was on perk 30s, perk 30s. I was on perk 30s. I was on another strong, not deloided. I was on, um, it's a little bit so I was on all these type of pain meds when I came home. Yeah. Because I truly was in a lot of pain. Like I couldn't even walk. But um I was in diapers. <laughs> yes, I was in diapers. I couldn't use the bathroom. It, it's funny, but you know, people like it's not my brother was like, Danny, I love you, but I'm not changing your diapers. <laughs> so we're going to get you going. <laughs> like, listen here, we got boundaries. Yes, uh. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I think, yeah, if it wasn't for my brother, I wouldn't be 
this strong as I am today because he pushed me. So even though the doctor said she can't do this by this, this, and this time, he's like a month before the doc. Well, let's try it out. Let's see. Let's see if you could even like, you know. Yeah. Drive. I wasn't even walking. He said, but you could drive. Come on. Let's and he my first time driving. I wasn't even walking. Like he really like pushed me mm-hmm. to not just stay in one place and be let this let what happened get the best of me. Yeah. He taught me that because I still had ear, I'm gonna keep on going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. He like you got a day or two to be in diapers. We gonna we gonna figure this out. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But then it was like you know, well, the doctor said you can't really walk yet, but let's see what you know from what you learn from therapy. Mm. And then that's when I start like you know, mm-hmm. I would never. But even without, like I said, I was on a lot of pain meds. I would never let me let my kids see me laying in the bed. Just uh, I will always get up, sit up every day, six o'clock when they get ready to go to school. I would not be sleep. I'd be up talking to them, like, come in, let me see what you have. I would still be that mother from the bed. Mm-hmm. I would be dressed, here combed, you know, mm-hmm. washed my face, make sure I look good. Yeah. And I also was present talking to them. Yeah, I think that's what got me through me knowing that I had to be strong for them and I can't just lay down and cry what was me mm-hmm. I think that's what pushed me mm-hmm. to be this strong that I am today yeah yeah because I felt like if I buckled my kids would buckle yeah yeah what did um what did therapy look like for you? Like going to to therapy, um, I guess to mental health therapy. I know you did like OT, you did um, physical therapy, all of that. But what did what did mental health therapy look like for you? Let me tell you, mental health therapy, and let me oh, everyone that's out there listening, do not be afraid to go and talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy is the key and it's important. Myself, my children, everyone but the baby, because he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't know. To this day, my son don't know what happened. Yeah. He was literally a baby. Yes. Therapy, I felt like that brought me and my kids. When it was times that I couldn't answer questions and I couldn't help them, therapy helped them. Like, therapy saved me. But let me also say this. You have to find the right therapist. Yeah. Yeah. In order for it to work. So finding the right therapist is like finding the right pair of jeans <laughs> yes <too. laughs> right right pair of jeans right schooling yeah right yeah yeah because i have had therapists that looked at me like a victim and mm-hmm. i'm like this is not gonna work yeah. because they never dealt with a client 
that had tragedy like me or story was as traumatic as mine like they're in the therapy crying more than night and i'm like <laughs> it's like ma'am you're supposed to be helping me not crying also let me tell you something baby this finding a black therapist was the best thing I could have ever done for me and my kids. Yeah. Do not let them insurance company send you to who they want you to go to. Yeah, You have to find out who was good for you and your kids. And I married my daughter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My daughter made me change. My, the, the firecracker, mm-hmm. she had her first black therapist. It changed her life. Just like when she had her first black teacher. Female teacher. Yeah. That looked like her. Mm. Talk about that because I think what people miss is, and literally the interview that I just did with um the late, the, the Allie who had the stillbirth, we talked about this, right? The representation is important. And when it comes to trauma, especially something this heavy, right? It's like, for the firecracker, right? Because I know your oldest daughter, her and her, her and your husband had, well, ex-husband, excuse me, had a very good relationship. So this hit That's her, good. yeah, this hit her a little bit different. But the firecracker, Lord have mercy, and she's really a firecracker, y'all. Like she needs a black teacher. She needs she needs somebody that will get with her the same way she can probably get like that. She needs somebody that's going to allow her to be her, right? And not uh-huh. not take offense to it or see it as disrespect or So tell me how like how did she was it was it she tried like other therapists first and it wasn't working and then you guys had a a, yes, a black so therapist? We, we've been to like um you know how they sent you out. Mm-hmm. We've been to therapists that they recommend. Yeah. And when you go in there, no one looks like us. Yeah. Except for the patient. Talk about it. So, and it's like, okay, we're playing little games. We're like, right? In, but it's stuff that, and not saying, because you can't relate, you can't help me. But because you don't know any better, because you're viewing, you live in China, but you want to be the president for the United States. It's two different things. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You don't yeah. know what's going on over here. It's two completely different run. worlds. Yeah. Two different worlds. So, something that may not be big to you, it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. It's like, it could be the end of the world for for my daughter Mm. or us or whatever. Or, like, we could take a big offense to it. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. I really feel like when Maya had her first, because, you know, 
my youngest daughter, if she could get you get over, she will. <laughs> she know how to play people weak. That she she is excellent. So when she had first black teacher, she used to be like, "Now you know your mother tear you up, girl. You want me to call her?" <laughs> yeah, her other teachers were like, "So what's going on today? Tell me about it." Do you want to, like, are you okay? Like, they're, like, I think expect for us to act like that in certain where you know, the mm-hmm. black people, like, girl, you know you don't act like this in front of your mother. You better stop it now before I call her. Whereas they don't, they think all, they see one, they think we all act a certain way. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So when she did have her first black therapist which i love to this day um they don't talk anymore but even when she left the company she still would reach out come take her for ice cream everything yeah that's like a good and she used to get with my like don't make me come up to that school (laughs) (laughs) that's what she needed that's exactly what she needed i could call her texas you giving your mother problems like come on (laughs) let's talk let's let's no yeah tell me were you wrong in this situation yeah she's not someone to let Maya pull a wool over her eyes kind of yeah so even when I had my first black therapist when I tell you I was so hurt when they let her go Mm. I went to the head I'm like you're dealing with mental health you just don't fire somebody like that and get rid of them. Like, you got to ease people out of their position so they could feel comfortable. Because I never had a therapist that tried to identify unless identify was wrong. Hmm. So you have PTSD. Do you know what it is? Let's read what it is. And let's look at what you have, what the definition is. And let's look at it together. And how can we fix it? Yeah, yeah. Without the meds. Yeah, yeah. Because you have some people that mm-hmm. just try to push meds down your throat. Mm-hmm. Without the actual talking through what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. 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 Mm. Like she was the best therapist. I, I and I when she left, I had a mental breakdown. Yeah, and then I I I even stopped therapy all around for like a year after she left, and then I wound up like mentally I needed that outlet, so mm-hmm. I wound up going to giving somebody else a try, mm-hmm. and she was really good also, and she's been with our family for like three years, four years. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but once again, I told you mm-hmm. that program stopped. Yeah. And yeah, but. Therapy is very important. Like I'm telling you, I had days where it would just be me. Then I have, so we'll do, I'll do therapy once a week. My youngest daughter would do therapy once a week. And my oldest would do every other week. But then we'll do family therapy twice a month. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and that's how we would come together. Mm -hmm. And we all, and I think it really worked. It yeah. really, really helped us. Yeah. Do the kids ask about him now? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, my oldest, no. Mm-hmm. She really don't say anything. Like, 
it could be I could be looking through her phone and I see her. I know I have like a mental breakdown. I seen she Googled all the news articles and I'm like, why does she want to read this? Why won't she just come to me if she have a question? Yeah. Like, but she's that type that internalized everything. Mm -hmm. Um, my middle daughter, um when she's going through her rough patches, she just wants to, she says she wanna talk to him because she needs him to answer questions. That I can't answer. She wants to see him. Um, she also, when everything first happened, she wanted to change her last name. She was like, I don't want this last name attached to me. Yeah. Like, like she, I've seen rats that she wrote him. <laughs> like, I've seen letters she wrote him that was never sent. Uh, do my kids want a relationship with him? I think so. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would do more damage than good. Mm -hmm. And besides that, and I told my daughter, like, you know, the court, it's a court order. He can't talk to y'all. Yeah. He put you guys in danger that day. Yeah. It's a court order. The day the judge was like, no. Mm -hmm. because after everything he tried to take me to court for vegetation rights which people like in so, jail tried to take the court for vegetation rights right mm. but and it this hurt my heart the most where you know the girls they had a relationship with him so they know who he is and you know yeah they might miss it and yearn it mm -hmm. but my son never he's too young to remember the relationship so he remembers what he looked like he knows he has well I don't even like I think now he knows he has a dad but one day we were in a nail salon and this lady was like you so handsome who do you look like your mother or your daddy or your father she said and MJ said I don't have a father and in that middle of the announcement, I just broke down and cried and cried. Oh, man. Because I'm like, you do have a dad. Yeah. And I don't... And he has these questions, even to just recently, um, this summer, um, my birthday. Mm -hmm. He came up around, it wasn't exactly on my birthday, it was around like that time he said mom you can tell me the truth I'm old enough now mm. like he wants to know he was like where's my dad yeah mm. so and I never want my son to feel like he just was a fan and he's not good but how do you tell a nine-year-old yeah oh, your dad shot me yeah and he's in like you can't tell how do you do that how do you yeah like yeah like that's that that's that's a lot because again you're holding his story you're holding your story you're holding the girl's story you're holding the baby's story well he's not a baby but you know what i'm saying like there's so much that you're holding on to it's like how do i even talk about this right like how 
how does this conversation even happen? Has it ever come up in therapy how to have that conversation with him? Um, in therapy, they told me what I wanted to say was wrong, but um, they said basically I can give him a PG version of it like he did something wrong so he went so went away mm -hmm. but I'm the type of person I felt like I didn't even want to introduce gel to my child yeah. I don't want my son knowing well you know now that he's nine he knows you know what gel is mm -hmm. but I don't even want like I don't even let MJ and his friends play cops and robbers mm -hmm. like I don't want to introduce that to my son as an option but yeah. now like back then but now that he's not of course you know when you do something bad you go to jail so it's probably a little easier now but it's hard for me absolutely absolutely because it's like what like how can i sh um shelter him from my pain right Cause it's not our, it's not our children's responsibility to bear our pain. How do I shelter him from my pain and look at, but also shelter, like shelter him from not looking at his father a certain, you know what I'm saying? Cause, cause there was never like a, a relationship that was really yeah, built yeah. like his, because he was so young. So yeah, like that's, that's, listen, being a parent, it's, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. And again, give yourself time, give yourself grace, you know, give yourself like, give yourself space to be able to actually think about what this is supposed to look like. What is this conversation supposed to be like? Is it, yeah, okay? think... it going to be okay for us to be able to cry together? Like, is this, you know, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's at that age when somebody say, well, where's your dad? I don't want him to, you know, kids at that age seem to repeat and tell the truth of everything. Yeah. Like, we relocated down here. So no one knows, like, mm -hmm. where I work at. I don't talk about it. The kids' school. They don't, I think I, I asked the kids, have you ever told, like, someone? And the middle child, like I said, she expressed. So, like, she had a teacher that told. And I'm like, me, I'm like, oh. Like, now they looking at me like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And all this time they didn't know. But when she has her meltdowns, I guess that's what she feel comfortable, like, going back to mm -hmm. where like my oldest she don't talk about it at all mm -hmm. so we've been down here for seven years I think she probably told two friends yeah what are you grateful for from this experience I am grateful I have a second chance yeah, yeah. I am grateful to still be here to still be in my children lives my family lives i'm grateful that i have my mind mentally i'm grateful that health wise yeah i may have pains here and there but 
I know people with no legs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful to still be able to provide for my kids, have a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on the table. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. What has this taught you about you? I'm stronger than, than what I thought I was. Mm. I never, I know when I was going through this divorce and I was contemplating on it and I never saw life without him. Mm. So it was things that I never thought I could do without him. I know we had this discussion where I told you I never washed clothes. Mm -hmm. So we always took our clothes to the drop-off service. So when we would get into arguments, he like, you know, you don't even know how to wash clothes. Mm -hmm. What you want to do without me? Like, you know, or you, you, um, you know, would just say like stuff to put. I made you the woman you are today. You, you're not going to be nothing without me. Mm. And then see that I'm doing <laughs> amazing yes, without When I say amazing, mm -hmm. I have two beautiful daughters, one in private school, about to go to college. She has her own car. My kid, one in middle school. I mean, not middle school, my middle daughter, she's in all honor classes. Yeah, mm -hmm. she a firecracker, <laughs> but she is smart. And let me tell you, she could be anything she wants to be in life. Yeah. And I put that, Ashley be saying this today, mm -hmm. that middle child, she's going to go far. She is. She is. All your kids are smart. When I met yes. when I met the girls, because again the baby he was he was young, but he wasn't like young, like he wasn't a baby mm -hmm. baby. But your girls, I said they're 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 going to be powerful. They are intelligent. Um, yeah, she's a firecracker, but she's she's she woof. That girl is smart. <laughs> that girl is smart. What advice yeah. would you what advice would you give to those who know someone um who has experienced uh, a DV relationship or is currently in one? So for those who are currently in one, I would say to try to leave. Get help. Maybe they both could go for help first. Mm -hmm. Sit down and let him know what he's doing is hurting. And if nothing change, make a safe plan. Leave it. And that's my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Leave, but do it in a safe way. Yeah. Which yeah. no one knows what's to say. Like, but always tell people where you're going, where you're at. Talk to people. Let them know what you're going through. Because when stuff happens, you don't want no one guessing. Like, you know, I had family come up to me that was like, I didn't even know y'all separated. I didn't even know y'all was living in two separate houses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I don't, you know, ever broadcast my business. Yeah. But 
you know, when stuff did happen, my mom, my brother, my little brother, you know, those, they knew what was going on. But you have some people that don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have some domestic violence victims that keep everything inside, internalize everything. And that is not safe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is not safe. You deserve better and your children deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because it's definitely going to affect both of y'all in the long run. Absolutely. You and your children. So get out while you can, but do it safely. Yeah. Yeah. What's next for you? <sighs> What's next for me? <sighs> Hopefully, you know, I'm willing to start. I said I'm going to have to start that chapter soon. I think I'm holding on to mm -hmm. my babies, and this is all that I see. Yeah. So what's next for me is like uh, I'm not looking forward to the next day because I don't want them to leave my house. Yeah. But I know it's coming. Yeah. Like I said, my oldest is a senior. My baby girl is a uh, sophomore. It's coming. What's next for me is buckling down and, you know, focusing on a career. Because yeah. after they leave, it's, it's just me. Oh, I can't believe how old they are. Wow. Me either. Danielle, you are the most amazing woman I've ever met. And I'm not, I don't know how many times I can say it, but I am like forever grateful that I was one of the, the workers that got to meet you and your children. Um, they are brilliant. They are beautiful. You are an amazing mother. You are an amazing person woman individual um and i told you this before um but when almost a year ago when me and my soon-to-be ex-husband had our incident and i didn't want to call the police your story popped in my head and all i thought about was if i let this slide this time that gun that was pointed at his head could next be something completely different. And I, mm -hmm. I and that was, that was, that was hard. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't want to see the person that you love in jail. Mm -hmm. You don't want to yeah, see the person. No, like you don't, you don't want to see the person that you love no longer with you, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Like you don't want to see those things. And I think what people forget is that in domestic violent relationships, like once they, and there's still, there's still a grieving period, right? Because I'm grieving, well, you're grieving who you thought you were going to be for the rest of your life. You thought you were going to be his wife for the rest of your life. You thought you were going to have, like you said, the the hood Huxtables. Y'all were going to be that for the rest of y'all's lives. And it wasn't like this wasn't ever going to be. So grief is 
a normal thing that happens in this space and you have just beautifully blossomed and grown and just I like I'm uh, amazed at the strength that you have and just how you carry it every day yeah I say being soft is the new strong and I love you forever whatever you and your Thank kids you. need from me <laughs> <laughs> you Thank got you it so much yes yes and you know actually I am honored that you thought about me for your podcast I told you like I and this is something that I need to work on and I, I want to do. I want to talk more about it. I want to help young girls. I want to help older girls. I want to help all domestic violence victims. Yeah. And thank you for bringing me to talk about this today. Of course. Of course. And thank you. Of course. Um, and, yeah. It's I, I I want everybody to um because I I know I have a wide variety of people who listen to this show um mm -hmm. young girls that I've worked with older women that I know like uh, there's just a wide span of people that I know and I'm grateful for that um if you know somebody that is in a domestic violent relationship or you have an inkling, you have like, listen to your intuition, listen to your intuition, ladies, listen to your intuition. The red flags are the red flags. Like, and you know, yeah. And even Danielle at one point in her story shared that she realized that this wasn't it, like it was enough and left and do what you have to do to protect yourself. If there's kids involved, protect them. There's resources within your local communities. Tap into them, please, oh, please, oh, please. Um, if you go to my website, ashleyelaine.me, there is national resources on there. Um, there's not a lot. I'm still looking for more, but I wanted national resources because I know I have people all over the place that tap into this podcast. Um, I know this episode was long, but it was needed <laughs> and I don't even care. Like I, I like, I, this, this is a big month for me, a very big month for me. And I, I just, I, I want it like every year, October will be this. So I just need my listeners to know October yeah. is, is raw October. Like it's, 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 it's probably going to be the realest month every year on this podcast. So Danielle, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for thank you. sharing thank you. your story and just being vulnerable and open and, you know, getting, doing the work, doing the work on you and your kids. So that I'm, I'm grateful for that. So grateful, so grateful. And we will be right back. <laughs> Sounds Y'all all right? Yeah. Um It's getting Sounds real. Strive. It's getting really real. I am so grateful again um that Danielle came and shared her story. Um 
I think what's important to take away from her story is she knew that she deserved better. She knew that she deserved better and she did what she needed to to do that for herself, to prove that to herself and to walk away. Um, I think the the also the biggest part is um, we don't know what safety looks like when it's time to walk away because we don't know what the other person is capable of right anger and rage and all these other emotions become very very big and ignite within within all of us yet um power and control is what sounds right is is what over overtakes um our abusers so when we have to make a decision for ourselves to protect ourselves to keep ourselves safe that's even risky um so please 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 talk to somebody if something feels off in your relationship talk to somebody let them know what's going on right i think we need to also really talk about the difference between putting your business out there and really listening to your intuition and and your body right your body is telling you what's not feeling right what's not feeling good if it's not feeling safe and sometimes when we don't listen to that that now becomes what is normal and what feels safe right so we we never move away from that but we keep ending up in situations that reaffirm that feeling within our body when our body was already trying to signal to us this isn't safe this is not okay um danielle's body signaled to her that this was not safe and this was not okay and i thank god that she is still here with us to tell her story and to to really open up the conversation of listening to your body in a domestic violent relationship when it doesn't feel safe when it's time to walk away (sighs) take some deep breaths i love you all for free namaste